0: Chapter 4. Many of us have been praying and some fasting this week because we need to see some breakthroughs. Uh, and I think that worshiping the Word together is going to bring us to a place where we can see God do some things. We've been talking about becoming like Jesus in the bigger picture. In the, in the bigger picture than that, we're talking about being a kingdom of priests, but we talk about becoming like Jesus both uh, personally in our life and our relationship with God and in ministry. Jesus said the very works I do, you'll do. So the full stature of Christ includes both of those. Uh, Fivefold gifts in Ephesians 4 give us an indication what the full stature of Christ looks like. And that's kind of what we're using, jumping off of the apostolic is a focus on Jesus. One sent with a message, focus on Jesus and the, the good news of the gospel for all nations, bottom line is that apostolic means that we have a greater love for Jesus. The prophetic has to do with intimacy with God, hearing his voice, I showed last week, supernatural manifestations, all kinds of good things. Bottom line is a greater love for the Holy Spirit, which is good. I'm going to kind of digress just a little bit today. At the end, you're gonna realize that I'm not actually digressing. It's gonna sound that way. But I wanna talk about the kingdom of God and how that fits. It's a big subject. I'm not trying to cover everything. If you have questions at the end, Johan would love to, to answer them all for you. And, uh, but I wanna focus primarily on one aspect of that as we're looking at breakthrough but Matthew chapter 4 I could spend hours preaching about the kingdom it's one of my favorite subjects it's Jesus main topic in all of his ministry was the kingdom of god so i might talk a bit fast and it'll all tie together at the end i hope Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Interesting, that word all kinds, I said once before, is translated all kinds. It actually is every. It literally means every, every. Every sickness and every disease. I don't know why they added kinds because he just didn't know how to translate it. just means that he healed every, every. Uh, and... Uh, Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Kingdom of God. He preached about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is broken down to the simplest form, is the rule and reign of God. Okay? Kingdom is not a geographic area as we often think but it's the place where the king rules which is in people which is in hearts but it's the rule and the reign of God problem is that the Bible says that Satan or the devil is the ruler of this world Jesus said that twice in John 12 31 and fourteen thirty. he said the ruler of this world talking about the devil So there's this conflict that takes place between us who have the rulership of God as we're submitted to the king and the world that's under the rulership of the devil. Still with me? Okay, here's where we're going to get a little bit deep for a second and then we'll come back. There was an Old Testament concept of the kingdom of God that was ultimately something that, that... Overcame in power and glory. Their co- concept of nations taking over nations was a nation would come in and they would simply overpower the other nation so that they made people their slaves and a new rule came in. And there was that kind of expectation. And then you see that confirmed in Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. And this is. Daniel's uh, interpretation of the dream the king had uh, in verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, which means it's it's not passed on, it continues. Uh, It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. So they had this concept of the kingdom of God coming like that that concept that God would actually come and take over, overpower everything, and nobody would be able to stand against it. The problem is that when Jesus came, we see something different. Matthew chapter 13, he talks about the mystery of the kingdom. Verse 11, to you has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. The mystery, that word mystery, simply means something that has been hidden that's now revealed. And so there was something about the kingdom that was hidden that is now revealed. And what that was was that this kingdom actually came in two phases. There will be an ultimate power and glory where the kingdom of God is revealed that God overtakes everything. That is coming in the age to come. Bible talks about this age and the age to come. So ultimately, the age to come is this power and glory demonstration of the kingdom in its fullness where every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, people won't have a choice. But in this age, the kingdom has come differently. It's actually come and people can reject it. That was a mystery that they couldn't get their head around. Their expectation was when the kingdom came, it would overpower everything. And then Jesus comes and brings the kingdom, but people can actually reject it. It can be rejected. You still with me? See those two things. What we need to understand is that the kingdom in this age is still the kingdom of God that's broken in. We just choose to submit to it. There is a day where we won't have a choice. There is a day that everyone will be overcome by the glory of God. His glory will be revealed. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. People won't have a choice. We have a choice today to submit to the rule of the king. And so we have this conflict. The kingdom has come, but not in its fullness. It's here and it's facing an opposition in the world because God hasn't yet overthrown the power of this age, except for in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's still the kingdom. Just be patient with me for a few minutes this morning. From verse 24. He says, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father and he puts an end to all rule and all authorities and all power. He's talking about the age to come. He's talking about the consummation of the kingdom, the fullness of the kingdom coming, the rulership of God. For he must return, he must reign until he's put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. So we see that while Satan is the ruler of this world, there's enemies who are opposed to the rule of God. Those enemies include the devil, we're gonna see just now, sin, and death. The last enemy is death. But if you turn over to, to verse 55 of the same chapter, it says this, sorry, 50, the end of 54. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, Hades, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin, And the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's actually saying the power of death is broken. The fear of death is broken. Death hasn't been removed. The kingdom hasn't come in its fullness, but the power of death has been broken. We still die, but we don't die in a negative sense, we die and we graduate to be with Jesus. You're still with me? So I get excited and I talk fast. I'm really excited this morning. 1 John, chapter 3, and verse 7 and 8. Little children, let no one deceive you, He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous, talking about Jesus. But he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the power of sin is being broken. Does that mean we can't sin? No means we can, but we don't have to. It no longer has rulership over us. Romans 6, 6 talks about we're no longer slaves to sin. We've been set free in Christ, so we're no longer slaves to sin. Hebrews chapter two, and verse 14 and 15 says, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now that word destroy doesn't mean in the Greek what we think it means, because for us destroy means to annihilate. That word literally means to uh, render inoperative, to make ineffective. So there is when Jesus returns and the kingdom comes in his fullness, the devil will be, will be cast into a lake of fire, will have no place and no temptation. Until that happens, his power has been broken, but he hasn't been removed. So he's not actually annihilated, but he's been made in, in, rendered inoperative for those who are under the kingdom of God. For those in the world, it's not. So basically we see sin, Satan, sickness, and death have had their power broken when Jesus came. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, the rule and reign of God that breaks the power of the rule of the devil. He preached it, but he also demonstrated it. I'm going to read a number of scriptures because I want you to see this in the word before I get to the end. If you need a break, grab some coffee. I know that I'm getting a little bit deep. I'm trying to condense hours of kingdom into a few minutes. Okay, we started in Matthew 4.23. He went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of of sickness or every sickness and disease among the people and then set free those who are captive. Chapter 12 of Matthew and verse 25. You guys are there before I am. But Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. And he says this, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Are you seeing? The demonstration of the kingdom coming in our life was he healed the sick and he cast out demons. Mark chapter one. I'm gonna read a few of these because I want you to understand and your confidence to be in the word of God, not in some white haired guy who should dye his hair and look younger. uh sorry mark chapter one from verse uh, 23 now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying let us alone what have you to do what what have we to do with you jesus of nazareth did you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god but jesus rebuked him saying be quiet and come out of him And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, it came out of him. And they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits. And they obey him. His authority was the authority of the kingdom. A couple more. Over in Luke, there's a zillion I could share with you. Luke uh, chapter 10 and verse 9. He sent his, uh, the 70 out and he says this, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Chapter 13. Here's a woman in the synagogue who was sick for 18 years. And uh, Jesus called her to heal her and the ruler of the synagogue got offended because he did it on the Sabbath. But Jesus says this, so also ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from from this bond on the Sabbath. He's saying that this infirmity was actually a work of the devil. wasn't God. One more. Acts chapter 10. And verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him what i want you to see the evidence of the kingdom of god was the healing of the sick and the deliverance from the works of the devil that was the evidence of the kingdom When Jesus came and the kingdom broke in, the evidence of the kingdom, the rulership of God, is the healing of the sick and the deliverance from the works of the devil. Now, while aging might not be dealt with until the age to come, sickness and disease are definitely being dealt with in this age. When the rulership of Christ has come into this age, he takes authority over the works of the devil which is sickness and disease. Now somehow there's something else about aging that is in the age to come. Uh, We still are growing older. Uh, I don't understand all that but what I do understand is that the rulership of Christ is here. Now let me digress for a couple minutes I just say this. How are we transformed in our understanding and living in the rulership of Christ? Three things, real quick. We change our internal narrative, our self talk. Too often we have a habit of talking to ourselves from a worldly perspective. And we need to change that. I am loved by God, I'm in covenant with God. He's in covenant with me. I'm part of his kingdom, submitted to his rule. No longer under the rule of the enemy. Too often we say, Oh, these circumstances are controlling me. What we're saying is, I'm under the rule of the enemy. What's happening around me is greater than what Jesus is in me. I'm under the rule of the enemy. We need to change our self-talk, our our internal narrative and begin to declare in our thinking, change our thinking that hey, I'm actually in covenant with God. I'm no longer part of the rule of the devil. I'm under the rule of the king. I'm part of his kingdom. But as we change our self-talk, what happens is that we change our emotions. We come become more in love with Jesus, and more hating of sin in the world, because we begin to understand that any unrighteousness is actually the rule of Satan. Let me digress. I've digressed, and I'm digressing from my digression. Okay. We're talking about the rule of Jesus, his lordship. The term Lord appears in the New Testament 300 times. Savior appears 26 times. They appear together 19 times, and it's always Lord and Savior. If you understand the rulership of God, the kingdom of God, you understand this. His lordship is our salvation. If you are not submitted to the lordship of Jesus in your life, you are not saved. I was raised in a fundamental church, and we kind of separated these two, and we said, you can accept Jesus as your savior. And then later in, you can make him your lord. Let me tell you, the Bible doesn't give you that option to separate them. You can't accept Jesus as a fire insurance policy, so I don't have to go to hell. You submit to his rulership, and it's his kingdom, his rule in your life that takes you out of the rule of darkness and puts you into the rule of his son. Why am I saying that? You can't play around with the rule of the devil. You can't say, well, I can get in the shallow end I'm not going to dive into the deep end, but I'm going to just play in the shallow end of the rule of the devil. I'm going to kind of enjoy some of the things of the world. Let me make this very clear. There is no neutral when it comes to the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. There is no gray. If you're not in the kingdom of light, you are in the kingdom of darkness. It is that simple. Yet sometimes we have this idea that we can play around a little bit. And what we're doing is putting ourselves under the authority of the ruler of this world. And then we wonder why we face all kinds of negative consequences. It's not rocket science, sin is stupid. You guys know that, sorry. Changing our internal narrative, our self-talk, changes our emotions, which can then change our actions. We can actually begin to act differently. Religion says change your actions. Act differently, but if you don't change the inside, the outside doesn't say change very long. You have about three weeks where you can, by willpower, overcome something. But eventually, if the inside isn't changed, you fall back into what you do. Uh, Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, what's in our heart eventually comes out. And so if our inside isn't changed, then it doesn't matter trying to change our behavior. And that's what religion says, change your behavior. Jesus says, come under my rulership, and I will change you from the inside. So, all that to come to this. That was all the introduction. I'm going to begin preaching now. I want to tie this into the prophetic, which we began last week. Why am I preaching about this now? Because it comes down to this. This authority of the king, this submission God breaking in and breaking off the chains of the devil, breaking off sickness is only possible because of intimacy with God. That's the key. Being in his presence. Hang with me for three verses. Let me explain this to you. Starting with Matthew chapter 8. Verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. They brought them to who? To Jesus. And he cast out spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Matthew chapter, sorry, John chapter 11. This is going to tie together here in just a moment. This is a story of Lazarus who was dead. Jesus heard he was sick. Instead of going to pray for him, he waited till he died. He comes, uh, And verse 21, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to him, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Old Testament concept, I know the kingdom is coming. I know that there is a time When the fullness comes, and then he will rise again. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. What's he saying? She was saying, I know at the end. And Jesus is saying, I am the kingdom. Where I am, the kingdom has come. The fullness of the kingdom has come. You don't have to wait until the age to come. When we submit to the rulership of the king, he is here, he is the life, he is the healer, he's the restorer, he's the deliverer, and I'm excited and yelling, sorry. <laughs> when I am present, the rulership and reign of God is present. The key is coming into his presence. Matthew 28, 18. Back to the equipping of the saints. In all of this, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We're talking the kingdom. Go therefore, make disciples disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things which I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. That is the greatest expression in that whole thing. Lo, I am with you always, because where I am, my kingdom is. Where I am, my rulership is. All authority has been given to me authority over sickness, authority over all the works of the devil. Where I am, the kingdom has come. breakthrough comes from his presence. It's not how many people you can get to pray for you. It's not how many rosaries you say. It's coming into his presence. One of the reasons we emphasize worship as much as we do because it's about the presence of God. It's not worship is not a atmosphere setter so you can hear the word. It's we need to hear the word in the place of the revelation of the presence of God. Here's the great news. He's here now. By his spirit. His rule and reign is here now. He's still destroying all the works of the devil. He's still greater. We've been praying for breakthrough. It comes from his presence. Not from us, but from him. Isn't that awesome? There's some of you that have been bound with sickness for years. And as Jesus said to the woman in the synagogue, Satan has bound you these 18 years. Should she not be free? I believe God wants to set some people free. Some of you have been bound with addictions. God wants to set you free. He wants to break the power. Some of you, we just need a changing of our mindset so that we're no longer agreeing with the world. Some of you have experienced some terrible trauma in your life. But the repeating of that in your brain is placing you under the control of the enemy. And you can't get free. But there's something of the presence of God. As we worship, we've ex- ex- sensed something of supernatural presence of God this morning. He wants to bring freedom. Now comes the, uh, the messy part. How do we orchestrate what God wants to do? It's fun but it might be a little bit crazy, things happening at the same time. I'd like to uh, to ask you to stand. Those of you who can, I believe there's something that God's wanted to do uh, in setting people who've been bound. Uh, I'm not sure, please just kinda have some grace with me here because I'm not sure how to orchestrate what I believe the Holy Spirit's wanting to do. Uh, I did preach quickly. I'm going to, yeah, if the worship team would come.